1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. When I finally stopped messing about with my personal finances and got my head around planning for my future, specifically my retirement, I set myself a goal. I wanted to retire on $25,000 a year. Please don't judge me on that. I then had a chat with an IFA and honestly I nearly cried when he told me that I needed to set around £800 a month or 25% of my take-home pay into a pension fund to hit that number. Don't judge me on that either. Today I shall tell you what I did next, um, how that meant I could effectively fix my retirement challenge with a single buy-to-let that I won't even need to pay for and you you can indeed judge me on that. The answer to the universe is not in fact 42, it is 4% as you are about to discover.
0: Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter.
1: Today I shall share with you some of a thought process from uh, some idle scribbling in a beer garden, a pub beer garden around 10 years ago. I often refer to this as my Eureka moment as it literally changed my financial destiny from that moment on. A lot of ground was covered that summer's eve with various napkin doodles, one of which was my retirement plan. Picture the scene 40 years old, employed in a good job, and my wife also worked part-time. We had a very nice house, which came with a very nice mortgage payment. We had two nice cars, which came with nice monthly lease payments. We had nice overseas family holiday every summer, along with a traditional spring break escape with our close extended family, which often came with an ouch when the next credit card statement arrived. From the outside, everything looked great. We were the classic middle class suburban family that many people aspire to. Granted, we weren't filthy rich, but we were well above average in terms of our home value, ignoring the mortgage, and annual salary, ignoring the consumer debt. (laughs) But if I'm brutally honest with you, it was fake. My net worth statement around that time was close to zero, and that included a, a measly pension pot that I could not access for another 15 years at the earliest. I would have been embarrassed to admit this to you back then, but now I'm almost proud of this situation, as it allowed me to radically rethink priorities and plans and then turn them around. One thing that I did realize I needed to fix was my pension. When you reach a certain age or certain age milestones, you, you do start to look both backwards and forwards at your life. Trust me, as those years start rolling by, the memories of childhood, those wild college or university years, and the work hard, play hard that uh, dominates your 20s seem such a long way away. Instead, as a 40 year old with a young family, I suddenly had an immense realization of my responsibility to our family. Up to that point, whilst we had lived a good life, it was not built on the solid foundations. It was in fact based on shaky foundations of bad debt, poor budgeting, and no real financial planning discipline. However, a decision was made. I was going to fix this. And here's the rough plan back then, from back then. No more consumer debt, no more living beyond our means, so budget properly, start to save without dipping into it, and sort out my pension to avoid a destitute retirement with just the state pension to live on. Today I shall discuss the retirement part of the story, which goes a little like this. One day I went to see an IFA or Independent Financial Advisor. He did the usual fact find. It didn't take long and I could see that he was thinking, how am I going to fix this guy's pension? And more to the point, how will I get paid? (laughs) Long story short, he said this. If you want to retire on 25000 a year, then you will need to put £800 a month into a pension. Let that sink in. £800 a month for 25 years to retire at age 65 on £25,000 a year. That's £240,000 in total contributions, which represented around 25% of my take-home pay at the time. I was shocked initially and then utterly depressed. I could not set aside £800 a month at the time, or at least I believe that I could not. As someone that currently saves at least least this level of earnings, 25% or more, each year, I now understand this can be achieved but I was somewhat ignorant back then. After sulking for several weeks and avoiding, frankly, avoiding the callbacks from the IFA, sorry about that, sir, I wandered into a pub after work one summer's eve and ordered a lovely pint of Timothy Taylor's landlord, which seems quite appropriate, obviously, in uh, in re- in hindsight or retrospect, and I proceeded to sip it in the beer garden with the setting sun. I took out a pen and started scribbling some concepts and numbers that had been spinning around inside my head on some of the napkins that were close by. I now know what I did was to project the compound growth of owning a property portfolio. Although at the time, it started as some intangible thoughts picked up from different places. I mean, I used to work in business-to-business financial (laughs) services, for goodness sake. So I really should have understood all of this better than I did. Then I had my eureka moment wow, this can't be right, can it? If I buy a property and rent it out, not not only will I get an income from it, but it will also increase in value most years and the tenant will pay the mortgage for me as well. Buy more properties and the whole thing goes mental, (laughs) in all honesty. Better have another pint and check my workings. (laughs) Anyway, most of you are probably laughing at me at this point as now it's all so obvious, isn't it? especially with the uh, sort of level of education that's available now, including, of course, this podcast, hopefully. But here's what I did next. I resolved to invest in property to plug that hole in my pension instead of putting it into a formal pension plan. It took me another four years to save up enough money to put the plan I had committed to into action that day, but I managed it. I bought a property that cost me £120,000 with a 75% loan-to-value, interest-only mortgage, which meant I raised £30,000 over this period. It was tough and, uh, and meant some sacrifices needed to be made. We didn't renew our cars, uh, and we didn't have the expensive holidays overseas either. We, we also cut out a lot of unnecessary expenditure and I knuckled down a little bit harder at work and, uh, and made a few bonuses along the way as well. The property rented out for £650 a month and the net cash flow was around about £200 a month give or take once all of the costs are taken into consideration. I worked out that if property prices would do what they had in the past for the next 25 years that it would be worth £687,000 or so uh, by the time the mortgage needed to be repaid. The net equity would then be around £600,000. Based on a calculation I will share with you in a moment, uh, this would give me an annual income in retirement of £24,000. That's before the £6,000 or so maximum, I say maximum because not everybody gets a maximum, uh, state pension. And it also excludes any reinvestment of the net rental income along the way. As an aside, uh, on one of those napkins, I realised that the net rental income in year 25 was a lot higher than in year 1. And the reason is that the mortgage payments would remain constant, barring interest rate changes, of course, whilst the rent rises would track inflation of some description, whether it's wage inflation, RPI, CPI, but it would essentially track the cost of living. And that was a powerful revelation as well. That was it. I'd fixed my retirement problem. The one that would have cost me 25 years, putting aside £800 a month or £240,000, was fixed within just four years at a personal cost to that point of £30,000 instead. My tenants would then pay the mortgage for the following 25 years. Meanwhile the value would go up and that £200 a month would grow nicely as well. So what was this formula that I referred to just now you might be wondering? Well it's something known as the safe withdrawal rate or the 4% rule for short. And I like rules and especially like rules that keep, help to keep things simple. And there was a big piece of research known as the Trinity study that calculated how much of your capital you could safely withdraw each year to live on without running out before you die. The worst case scenario was 4%, which is why it became known as a safe withdrawal rate. In good times, of course, it could be higher. But during the worst 30 year period of the study, the lowest rate of withdrawal without running out of money was shown to be 4%. I won't go into the full argument around this, nor the detailed maths, but I will link to an excellent blog post um, on the, the Mr. Money Mustache uh, website website rather, if you want to see more on that. So the 4% rule is, is quite a powerful one, and here's why. You'll notice that 4% is equivalent of dividing 100% by 25. Or to put it another way, if you know what your annual income goal is, And then multiply that by 25. You will have calculated your target investment pot. It doesn't have to be your pension for when you reach 65 years old either. I'm sure many of you will be starting a lot earlier than I did. It can be your financial independence pot at any age within reason. The safe withdrawal rate, or the 4% rule, can be used over longer periods than the 30 years mentioned in the study as well. If you look at the the Mr. Money Mustache website, it gives you the explanation for that, but trust me, it kind of bears out uh, for for even longer periods. Granted, the, the longer you need to live on the proceeds, the more risk there is of the pot running out, so that's why it should be viewed as a minimum guideline to be approved upon if necessary. The next rule to share is what I call the getting started rule. You will have noticed that in my case, I needed an investment pot of £600,000 to produce an annual income of close to £25,000 using the 4% rule. It actually resulted in £24,000, but I'm working on having at least the state pension to top up the missing £1,000, just before you're wondering about my maths. Um, you you will have remembered that I needed a deposit of £30,000 and if you remember that's 5% of £600,000 the total investment pot. So we could say that our getting started rule is actually 5% of the total pot we need to generate based on the 4% rule or safe withdrawal rate. However given I prefer simple rules we can say the getting started fund is also 4% if we can also set aside the, appro- the approximate £200 of net monthly cash flow from the property I, uh, I explained or outlined earlier. So the magic number really is 4% then. 4% is a safe withdrawal rate or the 4% rule which determines the size of our investment pot. 4% is also the getting started rule when we can also set aside the the net cash flow from, the, from our rental property. And this last adaptation of the 4% rule is also the reason why we should definitely invest in a positive cash-flowing property in an area with reasonable prospects for capital growth. Because then you kind of have a mixture of both. You get some some rental income increases, or you'll have a positive cash flow in the first place, and some rental income increases. And of course, you get the capital growth as well, which is what helps you to generate this uh, this massive snowball. But that's a whole other topic. The 4% rule is exactly how I managed to fix my retirement problem with just one buy-to-let property. Those four years were hard, but it can be done. So what if it actually takes you six or even ten years to get started instead of four? Your retirement or financial independence would be fixed and put to bed once you acquire your first buy-to-let just as I did. Before you all write in and challenge some of the logic I will say this. These are general principles, not a guarantee and certainly not financial advice, so please don't rely on it to the letter. Use the rules as guides and flex accordingly according to your own circumstances. You might need longer or shorter to save. You may have more or less time before you need the income. You may have larger or smaller income goals in retirement. It matters not. Use the rules to set a minimum position and work up from there. And this is exactly what I I realised as I had effectively plugged a 25-year, £800 a month, or £240,000 personal contribution whole with a fraction of those numbers. In fact, I realised that I had to reset my goals upwards, given that I'd realised my pension goal when I bought my very first investment property. I've revised my goal goals rather upwards several times since then, and I, I don't have to work another day in my life if I don't want to. Uh, some seven years after buying that first property. The point here is this, it's not about me and what I did. I'm using my own experience and the 4% rule to illustrate what you can achieve here too. One property can literally fix your pension. So imagine if you had three, five, or even 10 properties. What could that mean to you? I've learned a few more rules and tricks along the way that help me to grow the snowball more quickly. But it would be better to say that for another time, I think. Speaking of which, another time might be the upcoming The Property Voice Live workshop, which is going to be on Saturday the 7th of October in London. I can share a few of the rules, tricks and property investment hacks that I've picked up for those that can join me on the day. There are a few tickets remaining, but I don't know for how long in all honesty. Uh, But if you want to join me on the day, feel free to to ask me how I managed to raise the funds for my first investment and how I then accelerated the acquisition of the second, third and more besides. I I had a net worth of around 23,000 pounds just before I bought that uh, first investment property that fixed my pension. And if you fast-forward to to today, um, I'm well into the uh, Millionaires Club. I don't say this to brag or boast, it's simply a fact. And if you remember, I was pretty much financially backward just a few years ago. I have learned some things along the way, which have now accelerated the pace of growth, that's all. My aim is to help other people to have their own eureka moments too, and hopefully get there a little faster or early in life than I have. Anyway, if you want to join me at the workshop, just look for the ticket link in the show notes, or drop me a line instead at podcast at propertyvoice.net. As usual, email me if you want to talk about anything from today's show or more generally in property uh, property investing. As usual, the show notes will be over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. But for now, all I want to say is thank you very much for listening once again this week and until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao ciao.